Well, good morning. Welcome back to our series of studies that we've titled Love as God Loves. Before we get started, let's just do a quick review of what we learned in the first two studies. We, we started, and this has been a while, but we started by defining agape love. And agape Agape love doesn't depend on the world's or a natural criteria for love, such as things like attractiveness or emotions or sentimentality. Agape is love that is entirely concerned for the other person, not for yourself. Agape is intentionally, by design, it is sacrificial. And that's because it represents and it demonstrates every single time we express agape love, it demonstrates the Lord's love for us, which is sacrificial. Agape is the love that God is, it's the love that God shows, and it's the love that God gives to every single one of his children. Praise God. Then in our next study, we looked at the importance or the priority of agape. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 3, Paul gives us a concise and powerful description of the priority and the importance that God has put on his covenant people, that's us, expressing agape to one another. He did so by addressing three key areas in every Christian's life. What we say, that is our words, what comes out of our mouth. What we know, that is what we think, what, what's going on in our, in our minds all the time. And what we do, our actions. So what we learned is that without love, the most eloquent, the most motivating, the most impactful speech, even heavenly speech, from God's perspective, aren't even words. They're just clanging, irritating, meaningless noise. Nothing else. The greatest, most eloquent speech of earth or heaven without love, it's just meaningless noise. We learn that those who possess the greatest understanding, the greatest knowledge, the greatest wisdom, and those who have and exercise the greatest faith, but who lack love, are actually, in reality, from God's perspective, nothing. Zero. And that without love, no matter what we do, even self-sacrifice that goes beyond most, if not all, human understanding, it amounts to absolutely nothing in the eyes of the Lord without love. And the one sacrificing gains no eternal rewards for that sacrifice. Now, in verses 
4 through 8, and I described this briefly last time. In verses 4 through 8, Paul describes 16 specific attributes of agape love in respect to life application. Now, my plan is to focus on each one of these 16 points as individual studies and develop practical expressions of each one of these for us. My hope is that these studies, um, that they will help us to, to realistically and practically apply them in our daily lives. Not just to gain um, greater intellectual understanding of love, although I'm sure that that will happen. But my hope is, is that they will change our day-to-day life habits and help us to grow in that area of loving one another as God loves us. So this morning, Lord willing, will be the first of those studies coming from verse 4, love is patient. Love is patient. Now there are many, many areas of our lives in which patience is needed, is necessary, if we are to stay on the path that the Lord has laid out for us, right? No argument there? Things like waiting, if you're a young person, waiting to discover your spiritual life assignment. If you're single and desire to be married, waiting for the husband or the wife that the Lord is bringing to you. Waiting for healing. Waiting for an answer to any prayer. And these are just to name a few. The list goes on and on. And they all require patience. Being patient in all of these areas and all the ones that I didn't mention, it's challenging. But I don't think that there's any area in life in which patience is more challenging than in our relationships with one another. Amen, right? Because being patient with other with one another means it means to be long-suffering or long-tempered. That's the opposite of being short-tempered, by the way. It means to be inconvenienced or taken advantage of repeatedly and not becoming upset or angry. It means to bear pains or trials calmly and without complaint. It means manifesting forbearance, even under provocation or strain. It means not being hasty or impetuous with one another. It means being steadfast with one another despite opposition, difficulty, or even adversity. It means to be willing to bear with one another. So I want to begin this morning by looking at what the Bible says about patience. Now, (laughs) you know, we could build an entire series of studies just on this one topic alone, right? So I'm just going to do a quick survey. I've selected three 
passages to look at to to help us to understand what the Bible says about patience. The first one is Psalm 27, verse 14. It says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. And I really love the way the psalmist used this phrase, wait for the Lord, as bookends. It's, it's, a, it's a, a, a grammatic way of really emphasizing the importance of what he's saying. You see, being patient with one another, it has everything to do with our own relationship with the Lord. It really does. When we are patient with one another, what we're actually doing is we are waiting for the Lord. We're waiting for the Lord to accomplish in the situation what he intends to accomplish. You see, in every interpersonal exchange, everyone, the Lord is working to accomplish something. He's working to accomplish something. Now, sometimes it is growth and change in the other person. Okay? And what happens is, is that we are oftentimes tempted to be impatient in the exchange. You know, maybe the other person is just doing something that we don't want him to do. Or maybe he's not doing something we do want him to do. Or maybe he's doing something, he's not doing something fast enough. Or maybe he's doing it too fast for us. Whatever the specifics are, oftentimes in our interpersonal exchanges, oftentimes others don't behave the way we want them to. Would you agree? And often what happens is we respond with impatience. So what's important to understand and to remember is that when we are patient in those situations, what we're actually doing is, one, we're cooperating with the Lord and what he is doing in that situation, and we are participating in the sanctification of that other person. We need to understand in these situations. And for me, this really helps to remember this. We need to understand in these situations that God has counted us worthy to be that participant. You know, if I'm, if I'm interacting with someone and that person is just irritating me to all get out, my perspective needs to be, needs to be wow, the Lord has counted me worthy to participate in what he's doing in this situation. As difficult as it is for me, he has put that in me and on me. So we need to remember that and then respond not with impatience, but with patience. Let that idea drive us to being patient with one another. So sometimes the Lord is working in the other person. But every once in a while, 
the Lord's working to accomplish growth and change in us, right? And I say that tongue-in-cheek. Quite often, he's working in these situations to affect change in us. And, you know, just like when he's working in the other person, it's oftentimes we are tempted to be impatient. But we've got to remember the same thing. In those situations, when we are patient, when we wait for the Lord, we're cooperating with him in our own sanctification. Now, here's the thing, the wonderful, the beautiful thing. God rarely works on one thing at a time, right? He is the master multitasker. So, I would say this. Most often in these situations, it isn't either or. It's not that the Lord is either working on the other person or working on me. Most of the time, it's both. He's working on both. He's working to affect change in the other person and in me. We need to keep this in mind. So all of our interpersonal relationships, patience is an expression of loving as God loves. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now, what we can learn from this passage is that patience is an integral component of the fruit of the Spirit, which means it's an integral component of the very nature of God. The Holy Spirit who dwells within each one of us, He's equipped us, He's empowered us to obey His law, right? Well, now, in this series, we're focused specifically on obeying his law, his command to love one another as he loves us. We're able to do this. We're able to love as God loves. We're able to be patient with one another because he has empowered us to do so. So as frustrating as it might seem, as, as, as difficult as it might be, Remember that in all of these situations. You are able, and it's not in and of yourself, it's that the Lord has empowered you to. It's His Spirit, His own Holy Spirit who indwells us, that gives us that ability. Like I said, it's an integral um, component of His very nature, which means as His covenant people, as people who have His Spirit dwelling within us, That means it's an integral component of our nature. That is patience. Praise God. Romans chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Do you suppose, O man, you who judge those who practice such things, and yet do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness, and forbearance, and 
patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. One of the greatest things that we can learn from God's word about patience is that God is patient with us. God is so very, very patient with us. This is also one of the greatest motivating factors of expressing agape love to one another by being patient with one another because God is patient with us. You know, I, I, I am convinced, I firmly believe this and I, I apply this to myself all the time. When I am impatient with someone, this is the attitude that I should have. This is what I should say to myself every single time. How dare I be impatient with another when God has been so patient with me? How dare I? I should become indignant with myself when I become impatient with with someone else because of the patience that God has shown me. Now, undoubtedly, the Lord is our greatest example to follow in expressing this attribute of of agape to one another, patience. But what I want to do now is I want to look at some examples from the Bible of just regular folks, people like you and me, who also serve as excellent examples of expressing patience to one another. And I just want to point out that they do so in the midst of trials, difficulties, and adversities. Now again, there are you know, just so many examples that we could look at. I've selected three. My first one is Moses. Now, in my opinion, and you don't have to agree with this, but in my opinion, Moses had to have been one of the most patient men who ever lived. And I hear some chuckles. I take that as you agree with me. But I want to dig into his story just for a moment a little bit deeper. And and hopefully we'll all gain a little bit better understanding of just how patient this man was. Now, I'd love to take the time to read the entire passage. We just don't have time this morning. But I would uh, encourage you to do so on your own. It's Numbers chapters 13 and 14. Read that section, you know, with the idea of looking for all of the opportunities that, that Moses had to be impatient, okay? So I'm just going to give a brief summary here. So for 40 years, as you know, Moses led God's people through the desert wilderness between Egypt and the promised land. During those 40 years, the people of Israel were, and I don't think that I'm exaggerating here, but they were constantly complaining, grumbling, falsely accusing, and never showing a hint of appreciation to the Lord or to Moses. Through it all, Moses always remained calm. And he kept moving forward on the path that the Lord had laid out for him. He never gave up on the Israelites. Forty years, just 
try to imagine that. 40 years, never gave up on them. He never forsook them. You know, he never got to the point where he said, you know what? (laughs) I'm done with you. I'm out of here. He never did that. He never forsook them. He never lost patience with them. He never sought to or cried out for vengeance against them. When their spies came back from the promised land with the report, they hit, the the people of Israel here, they hit their pinnacle of grumbling and complaining against Moses. Like I said, I really wish that we could take the time to, to read this passage, but please read it for yourself. But he still didn't lose patience with him. Listen to his prayer to the Lord in response of literally countless complaints and grumblings. This is from Numbers 14, verse 19. And he's crying out to the Lord, and he says, Please pardon the iniquity of this people according to the greatness of your steadfast love, just as you have forgiven this people from Egypt until now. Meaning, from day one until right now. (laughs) Moses was a man of patience. (laughs) An incredible man of patience. A great example to us all. And see, what's being expressed in this patience is that he loved the Lord. And he loved the people that God called his own. One of the key manifestations of what we know as agape love is the patience that Moses showed in the face of grumbling, complaining, hatred, and a lack of any sense of appreciation. Moses loved as God loves. Example one. My second example is Joseph, Jacob's son. Now, Joseph was another uh, man of incredible uh, patience here. And just like the story of Moses, unfortunately, we just don't have the time to read this entire passage, but it would be equally worth your while to do so on your own. It's Genesis chapter 37 all the way through chapter 50. So in the very beginning of that, the Lord gave Joseph a couple of dreams. Dreams indicating that he, that Joseph, was going to be a man of prominence and leadership. But the path to prominence and leadership was not the path that Joseph thought it would be. And it certainly wasn't the path that he would have chosen for himself. It began with him being betrayed by his brothers and sold into slavery. Now, I think it's worth mentioning their, their initial plan was to murder him. Okay, but right at the last minute, they decide to, you know, cut him some slack to, to, to show him some mercy, and they just sold him into slavery. And that betrayal set in motion a chain of events in Joseph's life that would last about 13 years. He was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. He was unjustly imprisoned. 
and he was forgotten about and ignored by a man that he befriended and helped in prison. And these are just the highlights of the difficulties that he went through during those 13 years. Through it all, Joseph patiently waited, and he never lost faith in the Lord or belief in what the Lord had told him for 13 years, day by day. One of the key manifestations of what we know as agape love was the patience that Joseph showed toward his brothers after this 13 years of betrayal, being lied to, being falsely accused, being unjustly imprisoned, and being just forgotten about. All, all that he went through, it was all a result of what his brothers had done to him. The greatest evidence of this enduring patience that he had with his brothers, who were the cause of all of his suffering, it's found in in his response to their fear of him after his father died. I want to read Genesis chapter 50, verses 15 through 21. It says, When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, They said, it may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. So they sent a message to Joseph saying, and this is what the message said, your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, please forgive the transgressions of your brothers and their sin because they did evil to you. And now, and now this is them speaking to him, and now please forgive the transgressions of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. And then verse 18 says, his brothers also came and fell down before him and said, behold, we are your servants. So let me pause here for a moment. They had betrayed him. They had lied to him. And they had caused him 13 years of misery and grief. And now he was, he was in the position to execute vengeance. But he was in the position to execute just vengeance upon them. But listen to his response. Verse 19. But Joseph said to them, Do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So don't fear, I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. This is a man of patience. And again, Joseph Joseph loved the Lord above all things in his life. He put the Lord above himself, above his entire life, above all the misery that he had experienced. The love that he had for the Lord led him to an enduring patience that is difficult for most people to even understand. So Joseph, like Moses, loved as God loves. Then my last example is 
the prodigal son's father. Um, another example of one person showing incredible patience to another. And again, just don't have the time to read the, the entire passage, the story itself. You can find it in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through, th- through 32. Very, very worth your while to take the time today to, to read that from this perspective. So this is the story of a young man who's come of age, and he wants to leave his father's household and forge his own path. So what he does is he, he selfishly and foolishly demands from his father his entire inheritance now. You know, he says to his dad, I want my inheritance and I want it now. So his father gives it to him and he, the son takes off and he proceeds to squander it all every penny of it, and he ends up destitute. Now, pretty obviously here, what the, what the son had failed to realize up to this point was the wisdom that his father possessed, combined with the love that his father had for him. And the point that I want to draw to your attention in this story is that the, the, the prodigal father, the prodigal son father, patiently waited for his son to come to his senses. We see this in verse 20. And I'm just going to read the first half to begin with. It says, But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. Now, the implication here, and it's much clearer in the original language, but what this implies is that the father, on a daily basis, scanned the horizon for his son. Daily. He would go out and he would look as far as he could see, looking for his son, hoping that he would see his son coming back, patiently hoping and trusting that his son would return. And keep in mind here, the father's trust was not in his son, okay? He wasn't, he wasn't uh, 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 trusting that his son will just simply come to his senses because his son is such a wonderful and righteous person. No, his trust was in the Lord, that the Lord would work in his son. But the patience that this loving father had, the patience specifically for his wayward son, is really manifest here in the remainder of verse 20, where it says, and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. See, think about this. We don't know how long the son was gone, but whatever period of time it was, impatience with a wayward person over time, impatience incubates anger, hostility, resentment, and vengeance. If you're impatient with that person, The more time that goes by, the more these are going to develop in your heart. But patience with that same person over time incubates love. Your love grows. And that's what we see with the prodigal father. During the time the son was away from home, something 
was growing in the father's heart. But it wasn't anger. It wasn't bitterness. It wasn't resentment or hostility. It wasn't the desire for vengeance. What was growing in his heart was love. Love for his son. Now, I would imagine that along with scanning the horizon for his son every day, which we know he did, so we're told that, but I would imagine that in addition to that, he prayed for his son every day. He probably prayed that the Lord would, you know, take his son through whatever difficulties were necessary to turn him away from his wicked ways. Whatever it takes, Lord, because (laughs) whatever you can do to him to bring him back, it's worth it. It's worth it, no matter how difficult it is for him. A good father would pray that way. That the Lord would then bring him back to where he belonged. Now, I would also imagine that he prayed for and longed for the day that he could embrace his son once again and enjoy the fellowship with him that had been broken. So, I see the prodigal father Like Moses, like Joseph, he loved as God loved, loves. And he expressed that through patience. In all three of these examples, the patience that one person showed for another was a manifestation of the trust and faith they had in the Lord, not in the other person. Being patient with one another has everything to do with our own relationship with the Lord. The love that they showed in all these examples for one another was an outpouring of the love the Lord had for and poured out upon each one of them. These and the many others that we find throughout Scripture are the examples that the Lord wants us to follow. So where does that leave us? How can we apply these principles on a daily basis in our own lives? I think that it begins with our perspective. As part of your daily prayer and devotion time with the Lord, remember Appreciate, meditate on, think about how patient God is with you. Meditate on how many times you have sinned against God and He's remained faithful to you in His love and in His compassion for you. How many times He's forgiven you for your sins. Dwell on how He has never and never will give up on you. Think about how he is always for you. How he responds to you based upon what will ultimately be best for you. And think about how many times he's done all of this and more in the midst of great pain and hurt that you have caused him. Think about that. Let that affect your perspective. And then, when those around you don't meet your expectations in any way, even when they are actually at fault, even if they are intentionally at fault, intentionally unkind or inconsiderate of you, even 
when they think of themselves first or maybe only think of themselves and never think of you. Be patient with them. Put their good before your own satisfaction or even your own vengeance. Consider how your patience with them might very well be the catalyst that God uses for their sanctification, not to mention your own. Think of what would ultimately be best for them in an eternal sense, and then act on that. In other words, love them as God loves you. Another thing that I think that we can do to apply all of this is to trust God. We need to always remember that the command God has given us to love one another as he loves us with both, he's given us both the God-given ability and the substance of his love. He's equipped us to do this, to obey this command in all ways. Remember that his Holy Spirit indwells us. He constantly fills us, is constantly filling us with agape love for the purpose of loving one another. Remember that the root of impatience with others, the root of impatience is focusing on our own will rather than on God's will It's focusing on our own way of doing things rather than God's way of doing things. And it's focusing on our own timing rather than on God's timing. God is patient with us because he knows what's best for us. And he wants what's best for us. A true element of agape love is desiring what is best for us for another in any given situation, not what's best for us. And then being willing to sacrifice ourselves, sacrifice of ourselves to that end. In the example of the the prodigal son's father, the best thing for the son in this situation was for his father to welcome him home with compassion and tenderness. The compassion and tenderness tenderness of a loving father. Not scolding, ridicule, and an attitude of, I told you so. This took tremendous trust in God that he, that the Lord was working in the son's life, even if it was differently than the father would have. You know, we don't know, but the father might very well have really wanted to take a different path when his son came back, but he didn't. If a person has wronged you, whether it be actual or perhaps your own wrong perspective, because, you know, that happens sometimes, trust God to do what truly needs to be done, to deal with that person if that's what needs to be done or to open your eyes to a blind spot or a wrong perspective, but to do so according to his will and according to his own timing. You know, sometimes these things take longer than we want them to, right? Well, just remember that showing patience is to one another is a critical element of loving others 
as God loves us. And then finally, what we can do, what we should do, is practice. Look at each challenging situation and every challenging person in your life as an opportunity that the Lord has given you, has custom designed for you to develop greater patience. Patience, remember, is a, it's an attribute of agape love that does not come naturally. We need to remember that agape, it's not a natural love, right? It's a heavenly, it's a supernatural love. So it shouldn't take us by surprise that its attributes don't come naturally to us, right? Does that make sense? It's not a natural love, so it's not going to come naturally to us. But we also need to remember that God has equipped us. Our part in the equation is to constantly strive toward the goal. We're not going to get it perfect. In fact, we're never going to get it perfect in this life, right? We know that. God knows that. And the temptation there is then to just stop trying. Well, yeah. I'm never going to get there, so why bother even trying? Because that's what God has, has put us here for, to constantly strive for that goal, to never accept from ourselves anything less than what God desires from us. Every day, in every situation, and with every person, be patient with one another as God is patient with you. In other words, love one another as God loves you. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you so very much for the many examples that you have given us throughout your word. Examples of people who just like us love the brethren as we have been called to. Father, we know that you have equipped us, you have filled us, and you are teaching us to love as you love. Please help us to absorb and to embrace all that you have taught us this morning. And I pray that each one of us will leave this place today at least a little bit more like your son than when we first arrived. Thank you, Father, and amen.